powered by Adept Group. This is the Unpacking Excellence Podcast with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. Bringing together top packaging professionals to share insight and knowledge on all things packaging. Now, introducing your host, Daniel Beardsworth. Welcome to Adept Packaging's Unpacking Excellence Podcast. Uh, today, I'm lucky to be joined by uh, two great guests. We have Dr. Bruce Welt of the University of Florida and Dr. Calvin Lacken of York University. Um, they're both part of the Consortium for Waste to Gas Singularity. So that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great, thank you. Very well, thanks. So I'd like to just start by briefly discussing kind of your, your backgrounds in, in academic circles and how they led you to your involvement with the Consortium for Waste to Gas Singularity. Bruce, can we start with you? Sure. First, if I could, Daniel, uh, it is the, uh, it's Waste to Syngas Circularity. Thank you for uh, correcting that. I think I was misreading my own notes here. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about how you kind of went from uh, your your background in academia to part of the consortium? Well, uh, both Calvin and I serve on the academic advisory committee for the consortium. So that is our, you know, we're kind of a, serving a, in an academic post, but uh, basically my involvement uh, began, uh, you know, my background is chemical engineering. I was in food process development, uh, you know, when I was in industry and came to academia through packaging. So we have a packaging engineering program here at UF. And, uh, you know, in response to a lot of what we're seeing out there in terms of uh, bands of, you know, straws, bags, cups, you know, various types of packaging materials, I authored an article for Packaging World magazine and uh, began getting a number of calls about it. And uh, it was kind of on this topic of, of the production of synthesis gas or syngas from carbon-based materials, which, you know, historically has been coal or fossil fuels, but uh, our waste is rich in that kind of thing. So from that, uh, that we had some meetings with industry and, and the folks in industry, uh, you know, kind of from a grassroots type of a thing organized to create the, um, the consortium for waste to syngas circularity. And uh, Calvin, what kind of brought you into the, the project? Uh, sure. So I am principal investigator of something called the Waste Wiki Project at York. Um, so it's Canada's largest research initiative devoted specifically to waste management. And really what we discovered was that there's a presumption that our waste system kind of works and it's out of sight, out of mind. But there's actually a tremendous complication associated with conventional waste management systems. And so uh, my involvement with the, the consortium is that we are looking to identify new opportunities and solutions to divert waste from landfills and do so in a way that's economically and environmentally responsible. One of the biggest challenges is that we fixate on recycling-based outcomes. So for me, it's always really exciting to work with uh, Dr. Welton and his group because this is truly uh, you know, a new frontier when it comes to managing waste. Our audience is primarily based in you know, people in the packaging industry, so um, you know, kind of various technical backgrounds, but maybe for people who don't so much um, have, have a background in the chemistry. Can you talk a little bit about um, sort of the science behind the waste to syngas conversion process? Sure. Um, you know, basically is rooted in a in, in almost an ancient process known as gasification. Uh, this has been, it was discovered probably back in the 1600s and the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s led to 
powering a lot of industry and lighting streets. Uh, you know, that, that was kind of the initial initial application of synthesis gas. Actually, it was called other things like producer's gas or coal gas or water gas, depending on the nature of how it was produced. But ultimately, what today we call synthesis gas is essentially a mixture of carbon monoxide and hydrogen. And just looking at those two molecules, we have carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, which are the elements that make up organic chemistry. Um, you know, so we can, when we call it synthesis gas, <clears throat> we have all the things we need to pretty much make everything that we currently make from petroleum, right? So uh, today, commercially, synthesis gas is, is produced on purpose uh, globally uh, on a large scale, uh, primarily from fossil fuels. So there's, there's a whole industry that's built around making use of synthesis gas. Uh, we're just saying that, you know, our waste stream has these elements as well. And it, it's just a matter of modifying the process to accept that and then to put it into this process. And what's really exciting is that it's, um, it's truly circular, right? It's, it's almost a carbon sequestration process. It actually is, right? Because once the carbon gets into this system and we can make plastic and then it becomes waste and the waste becomes synthesis gas, from there we can produce virgin new plastic. And without all the issues that we have with, uh, you know, what we currently call recycling, where we have to, you know, have processes that would allow us to make food contact materials and things like that. So this, this would be through the process would, would be virgin materials all over again. Uh, so essentially that's, you know, that's the process. It, it breaks down, breaks the bonds that are in the, in the, the carbon-based materials produces the synthesis gas, and then through the magic of organic chemistry, we can, we can make a lot of the products, packaging, and plastics that we need in society. You mentioned something about you know, how synthesis gas really isn't something new, and there's a whole industry kind of devoted to this uh, already. Um, for the purpose of this conversation, we'll talk mostly about packaging, but how are some different industries already taking advantage of synthesis gas and um, you know, the technology related to converting things back into synthesis gas? Today, uh, you know, synthesis gas is a global thing. There's, a, there's an, a, a, an organization called the Global Syngas Technology Council. You could Google that. And, uh, you know, you can, you can see a map of all the gasification going on around the world. By and large, those are, you know, uh, coal or, or petroleum or natural gas that's being converted into synthesis gas. And then the chemical industries are, are using that for a variety of things like ammonia or primary feedstock chemicals like acetic acid, acetic anhydride methanol, ethanol, uh, you name it, whatever, whatever we need to make uh, subsequent products from. Now, the, uh, so in terms of what's going on now, one industry in particular that's, that's harnessing this is the airline industry. Uh, and and it, a little bit of history here, you know, back in, in World War II, uh, the Germans didn't have access to petroleum. So uh, they basically were converting coal into synthesis gas. And then through the advent of what we call Fischer-Trophe chemistry, uh, they were converting that into all of the products needed to for the war effort, which was like jet fuel and diesel and gasoline, naphtha, what you know, whatever you needed from that. Uh, the South Africans during apartheid did the same thing, and Sasol is a big South African company that's well known for uh, for its um, you know expertise in this area today. You know, so the airline industry today is now looking at making you know eco jet fuel uh, from waste uh, through this kind of a process, and uh, the the other industry that's coming is also the hydrogen economy, right? So there's a lot of hydrogen in the synthesis gas, and this is a, a great way to, uh, to get access to that. Um, more specific to the topic of packaging, 
you know, usually when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about um, making things recyclable, making them compostable, making them reusable. This seems like kind of a, a different lane in that conversation. So how do you view the, the role that, that waste to syn gas conversion got, plays in, in that conversation about sustainability and, and circularity? So basically, you know, just looking at our options, right? And I think Cal could really speak to, you know, kind of the the failing nature of what we think is recycling today. So if you just look at recycling today, it's not really recycling, it's kind of molecular reusing, right? So we're grinding up plastic and we're melting it down and then and reusing it generally in less valuable applications. So it's really not recycling, it's downcycling and the net or the the ultimate end of that is that whatever that is is going those molecules are going to end up in a landfill unless we had something else that could really deal with end of life, right? So what we call recycling today, when we take our you know waste bottles and make tennis shoes from them, is nice and, it, and it's good to reuse materials like that. Uh, and and we're not arguing against doing that. We're just saying that that's not the end all, right? I mean that the shoe is ultimately going to be used up and that's going to end up in the landfill, or it'll end up in a park bench and then into a landfill. So ultimately, we need end of life solutions in order to to achieve circularity. So we're saying that these things need to exist together. And they're, they're, there's kind of like a, a short-term uh, game that companies have to play. We, you know, we understand that they're under pressure to show that they're working towards some kind of sustainability or circularity. Uh, but th the long game is really having the infrastructure that can capture these materials before they go to the landfill and put them back into a form that, that can be properly reused. And, and in their primary application, that means you know, milk jug to milk jug, water bottle to water bottle, without uh, a lot of um, you know, interim processing that, that, that can also be impactful from its distribution and, and process elements. Bruce, this, this next one is specifically for you because I read uh, the article that you wrote earlier this spring for Packaging Digest. And I noticed that you specifically mentioned polystyrene in there, which um, you know many brands are, are trying to eliminate because they're a you know, sort of end of life is just a landfill for them. They don't really fit into the, the traditional recycling stream. So how do you think um, this technology will change the way we think about using polystyrene and, and other materials that are falling out of favor? Sure. Well, you know, polystyrene was just used as a proxy for all of, all of the structures and materials that uh, we don't have answers for today. Right, and, and it kind of shows where our system is not really working, right? So today, um, you know, we have multi-layer films. You know, we, we, I, let me back up there and say, you know, we have, we have these terms that, that get thrown around. You know, we have like environmental impact that people want to minimize. We have sustainability and we have circularity and they're not all the same thing, right? So, you know, minimizing environmental impact is something we've been doing for, you know, since the seventies maybe or, or the sixties. And you know, part of that was the big reduce, right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. And we've we've you know we've gone from say a glass jar to a to a PET jar to a flexible structure that has multiple layers and maybe some metallization or foil in it, right? But you know, and and the argument up until you know a decade ago was that that flexible package was minimal and would go into a landfill and it doesn't degrade, which is good. That's what we really want. We want to entomb it. It's kind of you know carbon sequestration. And in terms of you know, looking at environmental impact of you know, making plastics from fossil fuels and discarding them in landfills, uh, and Calvin can most likely attest to this, is that that's a very low impact um, 
option, right? In terms of, you know, energy, transportation and things like that. And that was acceptable as sustainable, you know, just moving from heavy and, and bulky materials to smaller materials, lighter materials, uh, you know, serve the purpose of reducing environmental impact in a sensible way. Uh, then we went to, you know, sustainability, it took on some new uh, meanings. And then of course, now we're at circularity and sustain, you know, what is sustainable isn't always circular and what is circular isn't always the least impactful. So we have to deal with all of these issues, but um, basically polystyrene and multi-layer and all this stuff, we have no answer for it other than what we're seeing today is a trend towards, you know, monolithic. Everyone wants to, you know, make everything at a, at a polyolefins, you know, and that's, that's interesting because there are probably some applications that we might have been over packaging before that we could put in a polyolefin, but we're, we're, we are going to need multi-layer materials for a long time. And, and as well, there are a lot of companies that specialize in making products that are, you know, the, the packaging uh, that, that properly solves the, the protection problem that we, we desperately need. So we have to accept the fact that we're going to need a variety of materials, including polystyrene. You know, there's no reason why polystyrene should be left out. So the, the answer to, you know, what we really need here is to break away from our devotion to sorting materials, right? Sorting is the problem. Plastic isn't the problem. We need processes that are robust, that can handle mixed materials in the process. And that's something that robust gasification can do. We don't really need to sort the materials. Doesn't mean we can't, right? If, if someone has a need for high density polyethylene, we can pull some material out. But ultimately for all the materials that like polystyrene and other things, uh, they can go in on one end and out comes a very flexible thing on the, on the output, which is that synthesis gas, which we could turn into just about anything, new polystyrene or polyolefin or whatever we want. Yeah, I was glad to hear you mention uh, circularity uh, a few times there, because that's really a big buzzword these days. And, and I think at least my understanding of it before uh, I started looking into what you guys do was very kind of narrowly defined. Seems like um, this really opens up the conversation about things that can be part of the circular economy. Absolutely. Um, Calvin, maybe this one's a little more in, in your wheelhouse. Um, what are some of the challenges that you think this technology faces before we get to more widespread adoption? I think the foremost challenge is just a lack of awareness uh, for both policymakers and consumers. So um, speaking from a Canadian context, when you raise the term syngas or, you know, uh, plasma gasification, you're often met with uh, blank stares, not really knowing what it is. And I think that a lot of instances, policymakers in particular, uh, they're fixated on, once again, these recycling based outcomes. And if anything is not recycling as they perceive it to be, which is mechanical recycling, it's often characterized as bad. And so in many instances, I find that the syngas conversation kind of gets lumped into the waste to energy conversation. And those are two very distinct things. And so I think the, the, the first step towards broader adoption is just really education and awareness saying that we have more tools in our toolbox than just mechanical recycling or, you know, compostable packaging. Uh, to, to Dr. Welch's original comments, this is a, a comprehensive solution that addresses many of the challenges associated with the proliferation of lightweight composite materials. And so I think it's just about getting the message out there. Another challenge from the producer perspective is that a lot of this really just boils down to optics. And I think that one of the reasons why you see so many corporations kind of jump on the, uh, the recycling bandwagon, even if things get downcycled, is that 
consumers view recycling as being sustainable. Um, we did a study that looked at various end-of-life outcomes, and consumers actually think recycling is what's best for the environment and not waste reduction or reuse. And so I think that overcoming that optics issue, saying that we have an alternative to mechanical recycling that offers superior benefits and communicating that in a way that resonates with consumers, then you'll see more brand owners kind of jump on board. But I think for now, there's kind of this reticence that's saying, if we're not saying we're recycling, you know, that shampoo bottle into a shoe, uh, we're going to be vilified as not playing our part. And so, um, there's a lot of work I think that needs to be done to communicate the not only the viability of the technology, but the fact that it's much more economically tenable as well. So uh, as I'm sure you're aware, mechanical recycling costs are going through the roof and we can't recycle our way out of the waste problem. And so I think Syngas uh, offers a unique opportunity to overcome the conventional challenges of mechanical recycling. And sort of with a, with a mind on that idea that um, uh, awareness is, is one of the biggest obstacles um, what can folks whose work focuses on packaging do right now to help kind of overcome that that challenge and really help uh, give some momentum to this technology? So if I could just offer some really quick comments. Um, I, I think what's really critical is, is life cycle thinking, this idea that um, we need to evaluate the merits of uh, both a package and various end-of-life solutions from a comprehensive life cycle perspective, because I think that once again, we're, we're tending to fixate on the end of life scenario. So I think that um, that adoption of a more comprehensive, holistic evaluation of the impacts of various end of life options, including Syngas, can go a pretty far away into uh, increasing its adoption. Because once again, when we're talking about waste or really only, or more specifically packaging waste, we're not really worried about the upstream stuff. We're really fixated on the downstream, the recycling, you know, it's ending up in the landfills or in our, in our environments when what we really should be doing is kind of taking that more uh, macro holistic approach and understanding what are the impacts at all stages of a product's life cycle for end of life solutions. Is it economically tenable? Is it environmentally tenable? Is it accessible? And, and I think that more, um, you know, holistic approach is what's really critical moving forward. Before we wrap up here, um, are there any kind of important facets of, of the waste to syngas conversion process that we haven't touched on that you think are you know, important for people in the packaging industry to know? Sure. Uh, I, very important is, um, is kind of, you know, people are wondering, you know, what happened that China stopped taking our plastic? And it is interesting when you look at what China has been investing in, they basically developed what was what was invented by mobile in the 70s was a methanol to olefins process and they commercialized it and and they're, they're producing plastic uh, at a huge rate uh, at this point so what we see in china is that they're converting their coal into synthesis gas because they don't have petroleum but they're basically using coal synthesis gas methanol and then ultimately into the plastics. So the next key after the after synthesis gas, and I would say syngas is the key to circular economy sustainability. But for packaging people, what we want to see is that that syn synthesis gas gets converted into methanol. And what the Consortium for Waste to Syngas Circularity is calling ecomethanol with a trademark on it. All right, so that ecomethanol that's generated from waste is what will be provided uniquely from traditional methanol. So this will be kind of a separate market and you know, certified from waste. And that, that represents the recycled content, right? So now the chemical industry, the folks, the Dow's, DuPont's, 
could then blend the methanols together, right? 50-50, 75-25, 100%, right? If you, make, if you make new plastic from, you know, eco-methanol at 100%, it's perfectly virgin material, um, unlike, you know, mechanically recycled stuff. So it's really understanding that full chain. It's, it's the waste, syngas, methanol, and then back into products and plastics. And it's not just the plastics. There's a whole bunch of other things like paints, adhesives, you know, a lot of things that, are, that go into products and packaging and plastics that, that come from this cycle. And it's also the textile industry. You know? So there, there, are other, there are a lot of aspects to this. You know, people are talking about microplastics. Right. Very little of that comes from the packaging industry. A lot of that is coming from the wash water and the textile industry and as well, the textile industry, which uses a lot of plastic, um, that stuff is ending up in the environment as well. So this solution is not just for the packaging industry. It's for the textile industry. It's for all of these products that we normally would just put in a landfill. And, uh, you know, so it, it, there's a a broader thing from the packaging industry industry here, but there's a solution for the packaging industry that is unique among all of our options. That's a great point that uh, it, it'll be able to impact a lot more than just packaging. It's gonna improve our ability to just make use of, of waste from a variety of industries. Exactly. Um, well, I, I wanna thank you guys for taking some time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. Um, you know, learned a lot more about what it is you guys do. And, and I think it's given, it'll give people a really good idea of some different ways to think about, you know, the, the term sustainability and, and how we traditionally handle that. Pleasure. Great. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, thanks, Bruce. And thanks, Calvin. Take care, guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Excellence with Daniel Beardsworth. Daniel Beardsworth. For more resources on all things packaging, head to our website, adeptpackaging.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And thanks again for listening.